What's up, everybody, and welcome to the East Coast Avengers. I, Dominic, one of your hosts, along with JT, Darren, Josh, and Christian, come together and talk all things nerdy. The East Coast Avengers bring you the latest news, topics, and opinions with passion and humor from all around the nerdscape. So head on over to anchor.fm slash East Coast Avengers podcast, where you can listen in on different platforms and join in on the conversation. It's time. To get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a next wave podcast and a bad cast company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30 and Nerdy Pod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. And now your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Welcome to the podcast where everybody knows your name. Cheers to you. Cheers to you. This is 30 and Nerdy, and I am your host with the most, residing in Nerdmore Manor in the ATL. That's right. It's the Duke of Nerdledge, the sire of the Nerdy South, the sweet tea of Nerdlosophy, yours truly, Tyler Blake. And love being joined by my co-host, as always, residing in the Fortress of Nerditude in the town of Morris. That's right, the juicy one, the notorious JLD, the PhD of Nerdology, Sergeant Sound Effect himself. You like that one? I like that one. I like that one. Hey, that everybody. Good. Dr. Davis. What's up, Doc? Man, I'm so excited to talk to you. I feel like it's been such a busy week. We haven't really been able to catch up a whole lot no. this week. I've missed you. And I was telling you earlier <laughs> that I got up this morning and I was like, man, it's <laughs> only Wednesday. Like this week has just felt so long. And I was like, getting into an argument with one of my students yesterday because we were arguing about what day of the week it was. He was like, yeah, so what are we doing tomorrow? I'm like, oh, tomorrow's our club day. It's reward day. So that's what we'll be doing. He was like, well, yeah, that's Thursday, but what are we going to do tomorrow? I was like, kid, I just told you what we're doing. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's reward day. He goes, Mr. D, this is Tuesday. <laughs> and I was like, 
Oh. What day is it? Why, that's right, young man. You passed the test. You get an A. Congratulations. (laughs) You get to move on to the eighth grade. (laughs) I think, though, the reason that I feel that way is because I spent a long time in my classroom on Sunday. Okay? So, fun little backstory. Uh, I was at a different school for the first several years of my teaching career. And in my classroom, I had done like this whole Spider-Man paint deal. Yeah. On my, on my, on my walls. And like I had red and blue everywhere. All the panels were like red and blue. It was kind of crazy. But over on one wall, my friend David, who's our logo uh, concept designer, he is an incredible artist, right? So he mm-hmm. came to my classroom and we took an overhead projector and we got like this clear printout of Spider-Man hanging upside down. Uh, and he, we projected it onto the wall, outlined it in Sharpie, and he painted this incredible Spider-Man. And it was like a huge hit. It was famous in the school, right? Hmm. So this year I moved schools. And I'm like, I got to do it again. I got to get my Spider-Man up. So I got ahead of myself. I did the little outline like in August and I put a poster over the wall that said coming soon. My kids who listen to the show are dying laughing right now because they know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) I had this poster over it said coming soon dot dot dot. And I have been asked practically every day, are you ever going to really do that Spider-Man there? That's that's never going to happen. I'm like, yes, it is. It's going to happen. So my friend David and I, we finally get the chance to get together and spend a day on this. We worked on my new Spider-Man in my new classroom, and it's almost done. We got a couple little things left to do, but it's looking great, and the kids have been so excited to see it, and it's great. Once it's done, we will post a picture so everybody can see it, so be looking out for that. Um, but yeah, that's I guess that's why my days are all mixed up, because we spent so much time at school on Sunday, so... Yeah. So that's what's going on with me. How's uh how's the ATL? Well, it's good, man. Um took the uh the car to get uh looked at today uh from being hit and uh basically this insurance company that uh you know it's the guy's insurance that hit me. Um the way they've got it set up is uh they look over the damage and all that and how much it's going to take. Uh, through a partnership with their own collision people, and then they just give you a check to give to the collision people. They don't let you go out and get, you know, overcharged by some other, you know, collision center. And he said, you'd be surprised at how many times that happens. They'll give you the spiel like, oh, you know, we had to order a part from Singapore, and that's going to take this much money. And he's like, we mainly do it to keep, you know, these collision and uh auto repair shops from kind of screwing you over uh so that so it it was easy i just went in they looked at it they wrote me a check and i just got to take it to the collision center uh when they're ready to fix my door so it was uh, like a whole hassle for you to even get to this point yes it was man it was a ridiculous hassle adulting sucks (laughs) it's a trap kids it's a big (laughs) trap and aside from that, just been working on, you know, scheduling for March for the show. Speaking of March, mm-hmm. March Madness comes to mind, right? Oh, yeah. But, you know, we're not big basketball fans no, here no. at the show. No. no no offense. There's nothing wrong with basketball, but it's just not our thing, right? No, So people are going to be caught up in the madness. We're going to be caught up in a little madness of our own. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. 
You know, March Madness is upon us, and the brackets are coming in fast. Check our Facebook page or email us on how you can participate in our March Madness. All participants will receive a gift from the show, and these brackets consist of the best names of heroes and villains in the DC and Marvel universes. We want you to help us find our champion that will have bragging rights here at the show. And the majority picks that you choose move the character on. Fill out the bracket to how you see fit. Take a picture and email it to us. All brackets are due March 1st. Good luck, nerds, and cheers to you. Ooh, you made it through two Rockies for that. Two. That's how you know it's a big deal. That's how you know. It's going to be serious, man. It's going to be crazy because it was two whole Rockies. It's going to be mental. (laughs) (laughs) That it will be, my friend. That it will be. We are very excited about that. So get in on that, everybody. Yes, we've had a ridiculous amount of brackets that I've, I've scoured through and been tallying up. We're up in like the 40s now. Nice. of bracket sent in uh so it's 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 been fun though to see different people's mentalities because like i said on the show last week there are those brackets that are very cliche very obvious like who would win in a fight mm-hmm. and that's fine whatever your mentality driving your vote is that's fine but majority is votes is what moves the person on so kind of like survivor I had an argument with a, a friend uh, several months ago about mm-hmm. that whole who would win in a fight type thing. And people may not uh, agree about that as much as you would think. We argued about the Hulk versus mm-hmm. Captain America. Oh, God. And maybe that's a discussion that, that will come up uh, in March Madness. But I think Captain America would win. Okay. Yes, obviously Hulk is stronger. Okay, but I think that Captain America is smarter. I think he would find a way to outsmart the Hulk, and he would win. Mm-hmm. That's just my thought process. But you know, everybody well, disagreed with me. But I'm out of this group of friends that I'm referring to. I'm the biggest nerd, so I was like, "Come on, I should win by a right." <laughs> Shut up, everyone. Just, just yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's funny you say that because uh, in our uh, next wave group that we were part of, the Next Wave podcast. Um, family um, on this show after I started you know people started sending me in their uh, their brackets and uh, we got into a conversation on what if it came down to Cap versus Batman and I said that's interesting because it would only happen in the final four because it's ultimately hero versus villain at the final two Um, and they and so people started talking you know who would win Cap or Batman and I said um, my answer was this, and I'm going to see if you agree. If you give Batman the long game, if you give him time, he wins. But if Cap came out the gate using all of his strength and, you know, was in full force super soldier mode, he would probably kill Batman. But if he gave Batman time, he would strategize on how to beat him. So I'm thinking, like, when we get to our March Madness discussions, we're going to be like, practically creating some celebrity deathmatch stuff here like this is how batman would kill captain america or vice versa you know like this is going to be a lot of fun so everybody really needs to get involved with this 
Plus, yeah. you get a gift from us, so that's yeah. cool, too. I mean, Every participant gets a gift, and luckily we have enough of these gifts to give out. I did not expect so many brackets to be sent in in our first year of doing March Madness, but um, luckily we have enough to go around. Um, but last week, what did we talk about, Juice? What did we talk about, Doc? Well, it's funny you ask, my friend, because we were talking about the birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And we also talked a lot about just Harley Quinn, too, because if you Mm -hmm. see the movie, you know it's basically a movie about Harley Quinn. It's a Harley Quinn movie. that's a discussion that we had last week. You should check it out. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, you can uh, find that on any podcast platform. Uh, or our YouTube channel uh, in the archives uh, that we... um, Fun thing about the YouTube channel is we don't post them the same day as our episodes go out on podcast. Um, They are considered the archives because they are posted... The episode from last week won't be posted till probably next week. It's just how we run our YouTube. But you can find that uh, anywhere, any place you listen to podcasts. Um, However... um, while you're uh, on your podcast app of choice, or if you're, you know, at the Pod Nation or on PodChaser.com, you do have a chance to rate our show. And uh, what we hope is that when you listen to us and you give us a chance to rate us, you will give us five stars. That's right. That's the sweet spot. Five stars. Um, and uh, we would be very thankful for that. This week, however. What are we talking about, J.D.? Well, we're talking about a billionaire, a playboy, a philanthropist who uses his money to build things and to fight crime. And no, we ain't talking Batman here, folks. No, we're talking about Robert Downey Jr. Not quite there, Tyler. We are talking about Tony Stark and his alter ego, Iron Man. Eh, same thing. (laughs) Might as well be. (laughs) Might as well be, because Tony does say... Iron Man and I, we are one, you know. And they have become one with RDJ himself. So, actually, we are very excited about this. The Man of Iron. What is that? What? What are you talking about? Are you playing? What is this sound effect? <laughs> you don't recognize that? Is that his pulse cannon? Yeah. Okay, now I'm hearing it. Yeah. That's yeah. a little weird over the phone. Your maybe your ears are just a little weird. Maybe. Over the phone. Is that like when he first in Iron Man One when he overcharges it and blows the TV up and his windows and all that? That's what it sounds like. That Man, I don't know. I didn't ask for a specific one. I just typed in Iron Man Repulsor. <laughs> so. I like it. It's perfect. You, get, hope, what you, you get what you get. Why did yeah. you have to make it like that? Like it was had to be a specific one. Well, I don't why know. Can't you, why can't you just appreciate my Iron Man Repulsor? I mean, I'm, a, I'm very appreciative. I, appreciative. Wait, no, I, I, just, I have one question. Hmm? Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> Honestly, every time I try to do something fun... Or exciting, you make it not that way. <laughs> Just why? <laughs> well, somebody's got to, you know, keep you on the on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so on the ground, on the ground, unlike 
Iron Man. Unlike and you know Iron how Man. he does that? He uses his repulsors. Yes, yes, yes. he uses his repulsors. All right, I I think... Okay, okay, I see you, Sarge. I see what you're doing there. Gotcha. <laughs> hey, I'm taking it seriously, man. I, you are. You are. So many you're... of my nicknames mean nothing. I want this one to mean something. It's going to. I think by the end of this episode alone, your name will, will have come a lot further than it used to be. And that is why they call me Sergeant Sound Effect. Mm-hmm. So we will get to all that after a word from our sponsors. All right. Encore Theatrical Company is a volunteer-based regional community theater that uses the power of the arts in live performances, education, and various creative outlets to cultivate and enhance the quality of life in the Lakeway community and the East Tennessee region. There is always something going on at Encore from plays, musicals, camps, classes, community outreach, and most of all, fun. You can follow Encore Theatrical Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, get all your information on what's going down at Encore Theatrical Company at www.etcplays.org or by calling 423-318-8331. Come see what the rest of 2020 has to offer. Five women wearing the same dress, Pippin, Frozen Jr., and even Elf the Musical. Come see what's going on here, where it's not just theater, it's Encore. Alright, time to talk nerdy to you. And I uh, I thought of a word this week that I would bring to the episode, J.D. Alright. I call it con-funk. Oh, I see. C-O-N-F-U-N-K, con-funk. I think I know where you're going with this. It's the smell that can radiate through a Comic-Con. <laughs> and if you've never been to a Comic-Con, you don't know what smell I'm talking about. If you've been to a Comic-Con all three or four days, depending on what Comic-Con it is, if you've been all weekend, you've smelled the smell. It's thousands of people in cosplay outfits, and some of them haven't showered all weekend. <laughs> the con funk would be awful. Especially you've got Heavier people trying to be oh. Deadpool, oh. you know, like myself. <laughs> like I don't, I don't fit in a Deadpool outfit, so oh, I would never do a Deadpool. There's a reason I've never uh, cosplayed as Spider-Man before because I just can't pull that off. So I yeah, but I did not have the confunk smell. Okay, no, I was clean. Of course not, because you showered. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And like, yes. I've been to Dragon Con in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. it's still like really hot outside. And people, oh, like, yeah. it's not all in one building. It's across like several blocks of Atlanta. It's a big thing. And so, if you go into one of the Q and A sessions, and you're sitting next to people in the air conditioning, they've been outside walking, and maybe they're wearing like a really tight costume. There is a definite con funk. So Absolutely. this is a real thing. It is a real no, thing. No offense to anybody who goes to the cons. And, and no offense to anybody who, who's probably the cause of the con funk. Unless you're the person who doesn't shower, then you need, to, yeah. you need to rethink your choices. But if it weren't for these people, we would not have this nerd word of the week. So Thanks, thanks there. Here's to nerd, you. Nerd people. Con funk smellers. <laughs> wow. Thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> 
So, you can't get any better endorsement than that. <laughs> you can't. Why don't we go on to your favorite segment, and it is yeah. called... Whatcha Watching. So, JD, um, whatcha watching? Well, I have been uh, watching frantically, <laughs> I might add, uh, the uh, Iron Man series. Okay. You know. Me too. Iron Man. Um... <laughs> uh, I watched uh, Iron Man 1, 2, and 3 this week. I had not seen them in quite a while, especially the third one. I had forgotten so much of that one. Uh, But we're going to talk in detail about the the Iron Man in the MCU uh, a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, I was also very excited last week about the upcoming premiere of Season 7 of Star Wars The Clone Wars on Disney+. Plus. That did happen on Friday. Uh, There's one episode they're going to do one a week, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Uh, episode was, you know, fine. Nothing. Uh, I mean, I've only watched it the one time. Maybe if I go back and watch it again, I'll catch some things that surprise me or whatever. But for the most part, it was just a regular old episode, mostly focused on the clones. There's like a group, a new team of clones that show up. Uh, I won't say anything more about it than that. But, you know, it was fine. I was hoping for a little more stuff with Anakin and Obi-Wan and hopefully Ahsoka. But I guess all that is uh, is to come. So, looking forward to it. Is it a really good, um, you know, we've waited how many years since season six? Uh, Two? Not for sure. No, it's been longer than that because Rebels has been since Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. So, we've waited years for this kind of... Probably about six, maybe six years or so. Finale. Um, Can you at least tell us, without spoiling it, that it's, it's a good continuation from season six like is there a time jump is it pretty Um, much right after i think this is meant to be closer to the end of the war because anakin's hair is different it looks a little closer to what it looks like in the movie i assume that's the goal so uh but i mean there's no mention of time or anything like that i mean it seems like it just sort of picked right up you know gotcha and a lot of the that series is, you know, it's anthology. Like, not all the episodes connect necessarily. So, you know, I didn't really think about it in that way. Yeah. I've been on not just Iron Man. I did uh, have a day where I got to watch all three of them uh, sporadically throughout the day. Um, but you did I've all been... three in one day? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, I took breaks. Goals. Um, Still, I can barely get through a single movie in a day. My attention span is just so (laughs) short. (laughs) I struggle. So, yeah, good good on you there. And then I spent a day or two binging um, the movies that are on DC Universe. um, The animated movies. And I went through uh, Justice League Dark. This story was a little odd. It was more centered around Constantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I which that. I can't say I, I know a ton about, just what I gathered from the Keanu Reeves Constantine and the show Constantine, you know. I don't know a lot of his villains, aside from Satan himself. <laughs> um, but uh, it was pretty cool. It had Bar- Batman, Constantine, Etrigan, Zatanna. Uh, it was pretty good. It had Swamp Thing for a little while. Uh, but they killed some people. It was pretty shocking. Uh, but so it was pretty never, good. Had you never seen it before? I had seen parts of it, and I just was never able to finish it. That surprises me, because you're usually pretty up-to-date on all those yeah, animated movies. I think I just... Things. 
kind of was like, eh, going into it mm-hmm. because I didn't know a lot about John Constantine um, and just didn't really care. Uh, but I did like, there were some funny aspects where Batman is, uh, he's kind of a skeptic. You know, he's the world's greatest detective. He's he's debunked so many things. But when anything magic or religious happens, they always walk away from it, and he's always left there standing with his arms crossed, and you just hear, hmm. Kind of like deducing, like, what the heck was that? <laughs> but it's pretty good. I, then I watched the, um, uh, the two Suicide Squad movies they have, uh, Hell to Pay and uh, Batman Assault on Arkham. Uh, it was really good. Uh, both of them were. Um, but yeah, uh, they've you know we've always said that DC is so strong in animated films. And uh, um, aside from Young Justice uh, coming back, I think that DC's streaming biggest sell is not just Titans, but the the movies that they'll drop, the animated movies. Yeah. So uh, it's been really cool uh, getting to watch those. Both Suicide Squad movies were pretty cool. Um, I think uh, one of them, the uh, Assault on Arkham, uh, the voice to Deadshot was actually Dum Dum Dugan from Captain America 1. I think I knew that because yeah. I watched it and, and looked that up. You too. can hear it too, mm-hmm. knowing that. Well, uh, yeah, that's all I've been watching uh, pretty much. And uh, why don't we get on to some nerd news? All right, we got a lot in the news going on here, so why don't we just uh, get on through it? Uh, so first things first, Batman Ninja. Uh, did you ever see that, JD? No, I heard about it. It's weird. It's very weird. I saw. I think they did some action figures based yeah. on that that whole concept, but uh, yeah, I don't know a lot about it. It's just very odd. So, Batman Ninja is getting a live-action stage play in Japan. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. I wonder if they've heard the horror stories about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark when they tried to do a <laughs> live show of that. Maybe well, the Japanese know something we don't about superhero plays. Like flying? <laughs> like how to, how to do flight? Yeah. They may know how to do that. I guess we'll have to go to Japan to find out. Yeah, we'll check. We'll go next week. We'll check it out. So when asked about Uncle Ben joining the MCU, Tom Holland answered with, I'd rather see Tony Stark come back. Do you agree? Um, I do not agree at all. I think that we need to see some sort of vision of Uncle Ben to sort of help help Peter you know, overcome some sort of obstacle because uh, we haven't had a lot of that in the MCU. Granted, we had a ton of that in the previous two uh, Spider-Man franchises. So I get wanting to take a break from it. But I think at this point we need to see something of Uncle Ben because he is so vital to the Spider-Man story. Uh, and plus, with it being the MCU, I think they always do it right. I'm sure they would cast someone who would be uh, perfect for that. And mm-hmm. I wish that it could be Tom Hanks. Because mm. I think that he's missing from the MCU. I think he's probably a little too old. I don't know if it would be believable or not. Uh, 
to see him with uh, Marissa Tomei. I don't know. They've made him look pretty young. I mean, and Captain Phillips. Well, I mean, heck, they've he got was... that. Uh, they've got that CG deal where they make uh, all the actors look young, and they did mm-hmm. it with. They did it with uh, Samuel Jackson, and did it with Tony in Civil War. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't know if it's worth all that to get Tom Hanks, but well. um, I would like to see him as something. I just feel like the guy who plays Mister Rogers. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants him to be your uncle, so <laughs> I think it'd be perfect. Absolutely, um, and I don't see any reason why bringing Uncle Ben in would be a bad thing. Well, and uh, plus, like after the end game, it's possible that there could be Uncle Ben in other timelines that we could meet. It would just make sense to me, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's just me. Yeah, I agree. So uh, moving on. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, or as I like to call it, the Island of Misfit Toys, uh, is losing another hero. Uh, This season is to be Brandon Roth's exit as Adam. Uh, In an interview, though, he stated it was not his decision. Ouch. Mm. He's been a good addition as Adam. Uh, When Flash, or when Arrow first introduced him as uh, Ray Palmer. I was very excited because I thought Ray was uh, perfect for the TV because we've never really gotten a Ray Palmer in, in the theater, the movie theater world. Mm-hmm. Um, and But if you watch all the DC animated, Ray Palmer is a staple, you know, as Adam, whether it's the old Justice League cartoons, uh, Young Justice. He's just, he's a well-known person in the DC universe. So it was good to see him. And, I mean... Despite how we feel about uh, Brandon Ruth's Superman performance, he really showed out as the Atom. He did. Um, I wouldn't know anything about that because I didn't make it past two episodes of that show. Of Legends? I mean, it's tough. It's very tough. Um, But hopefully with Crisis and now everything being on the same plane, uh, it'll be a little easier to follow. But it kind of sucks. I'm sure it sucks as an actor... To just be told you're not coming back. So, yeah. uh, yeah, uh, So, moving on. Marvel has announced that its new ongoing Spider-Man comic series is set to release this summer with non-stop Spider-Man number one. And I have Spider-Man. Yeah, I've been really falling behind in the whole comic book world. I I used to try to keep up, and I've just not been able to. Dad and teacher life has sort of. wrecked that for me uh, yeah not that not that i'm complaining but uh you know I, I had a comic that was recommended to us by our friend carter at uh tall man toys and comics and i still haven't read that that comic i read so, it yeah i'm sorry i just that's pretty good getting around to it. but uh so i think i i want to get an ipad and just read them digitally i've really enjoyed like having the actual physical copy there's just something about that that Mm-hmm. that I love, but it's to the point now where I just can't keep up. And I know they offer all those digital like subscription deals that you can get and just have all of it available. So I think that's probably what I'm going to start doing. I'm killing the comic book uh, industry by, by giving that up, I think. But it's just going to be so much easier and more convenient for me. So maybe yeah. then I'll be able to keep up. Gotcha. Gotcha. I agree. But at the same time, if you have it digitally, why not save some trees? That's true, too. So, 
I don't think it'll kill the comic book industry to go digital. I just think they'll have to evolve. Uh, so moving on, NXT champion Rhea Ripley, um, who has become one of my favorites, real quick. Uh, in a recent interview, she let it slip that WWE has explicitly told her to abstain from getting any more upper body tattoos. Okay. Thoughts? Um, I understand why there's probably some sort of backlash, I guess, about that. Because people should have the right to do whatever they want with their bodies. I get that. Yes. But at the same time, this is a publicly traded company where they have so many, you know, multiple business deals, like with toys yeah. video games and all that stuff and while I don't, I don't know if Rhea Ripley is like her real life name or not or whatever but WWE owns Rhea Ripley the character yeah. you know and and the reason I say that about video games and stuff like that is like if the character looks a certain way that's the way you want them to look when the game comes out but if Rhea Ripley goes mm-hmm. and you know does all this tattoo work or whatever, when the toy comes out or when the game comes out, she's not going to look that way anymore. And if somebody specifically bought that or was looking forward to buying that toy because it looked like Rhea Ripley and now Rhea Ripley's different, you know, they're going to just wait and get the next one that comes out. So, you know, yeah, that's why they, they don't want them to go off and get haircuts or get tattoos or anything like that. And that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. One of the, um, objections I saw online was somebody said, uh, well, when when are they going to tell Aleister Black to stop? Because he has quite a few. And then somebody mentioned, well, uh, you know, they started mentioning other wrestlers within NXT and Raw but, and SmackDown. But Aleister Black is already covered. Like, he started out that way. Mm-hmm. There's not really anywhere he can put a tattoo at this point that people are going to notice it. Like, oh, wow. You know, yeah. I mean, I say that I'm not like a big Alistair Black follower or whatever. Like I, I like him and enjoy him and everything, but I don't know all of his tattoos or anything like that. I feel mm-hmm. like Rhea Ripley, she doesn't have like full sleeves or anything, does she? Not that I remember. Because that's a big difference. That's a big change, you know. Yeah. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google her and and look this up. Speaking of coronavirus, I just saw a picture of Gwyneth Paltrow, and speaking of Iron Man, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow with a a mask on because she's paranoid about coronavirus. Yeah, so I'm looking at Rhea Ripley right now. She does not have any noticeable tattoos based on the images I'm looking at right now. Her getting tattoos would pretty drastically change her image. Aleister Mm -hmm. Black, not so much. That's not going to make a difference. So... I, I get it, you know, and I, y'all give me a hard time all the time about oh, I'm a suit and I'm the company guy or whatever. <laughs> but I mean, that's just business. That's just the way mm-hmm. it is, you know. Mm-hmm. You want everything to be up to date and current so that it sells. Yeah. Next item of news: Randy Pitchford, CEO of Gearbox and one of the minds behind the Borderlands video games, has the Twitterverse in an uproar. He recently tweeted out welcoming horror director Eli Roth to the Borderlands family as its film director. The tweet was taken down a little while later, but not before everyone got a good look at what Gearbox and Lionsgate Films may be up to. Now you've played these. I have. And you like uh, them. I, I enjoy them. 
You and Logan both. I've I've played a few minutes of the very first one, and I just never really. I think if you played with us, you would like it. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. Um, so, what are your thoughts on a movie possibility? I never thought about seeing a Borderlands movie before. Uh, It'd have to be rated R, surely. Oh, yes. Uh, probably if there's anything worse than RX, it NC-17. might be Borderlands. Yeah, um, it's pretty gory, uh, trashy stuff, <laughs> but in a fun way. Yeah. Uh, Eli Roth, he's pretty gory himself, right? He's I remember he did, he did the, Hostel, uh, right? Hostel movies, yeah. Hostel. I remember I saw Hostel. Oof. And I went, I was in high school, and there was a scene in Hostel where they, like, gouged somebody's eye out or something. And the pus and that had, comes out from behind yeah, his they, eyes. They snipped the, they snipped yeah. their, her eye out, yeah. and this orange pus starts yeah. coming out of the eye socket. And I was like, oh, and it just was, disturbed me so much. I went to school the next day and went to my biology teacher and asked her, would this happen in real life? And she said, no, there's no reason that would happen. They're just doing that to gross you out because it's a horror movie. Gotcha. Anyway, oh, uh, I don't know that uh, I would be super excited about a Borderlands movie unless they took it in the right direction where it was really, uh, I don't know, like it has to be very funny. It can't be too serious. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only way it would work. Uh, surely they would have enough sense to know that. Though. Yeah. And with the success of Sonic, which I still haven't seen and I I want to, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the video game movies are going to start picking it up and be done right. So maybe it could be a good thing. I hope so. Um, So, moving on. Uh, Though Owen Wilson, uh, if you've heard this, is joining the cast of Loki. Uh, That's big news, sure. Um, But, like, wow, man. Wow. Hey. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Who the heck would he play? Uh, There's been some rumors circulating that he'd be Kang the Conqueror. Kind of pissed off with Loki altering time and all that. (laughs) Um, But I was like, Kang? Owen Wilson would destroy, would ruin that part. I just don't see him as a. Okay, like. Owen Wilson is a comedian. Yes, when casting Owen Wilson in a role, you think. Maybe he's a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. that is the goofball. Or he's not a villain or a hero, I don't think. I think if if they hadn't already uh, done Justin Hammer in the Iron Man movies, <sighs> Owen Wilson could have been a good Justin Hammer. Yeah. King the I Conqueror, say, yeah. Nah, not so much. No. I don't, I don't think. Kang is, Kang is a super villain. Um and Owen Wilson is a super dork, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, shall we move on? So the computer scientist who is responsible for cut, copy, and paste, which we all know and love, mm-hmm. uh, his name is Larry Tesler. He has died at age 74. Cut, copy, and paste saved me in so many papers in high school and college. Uh, as well as the notes for this show. (laughs) Cut, copy, and paste has saved this podcast many times. So thank you, Mr. Tesler. Yes, rest in peace, and thank you for what you have brought. Not just the computer world, the podcast world, but the nerd world. 
thank you so much. So, moving on. One of the biggest things to come out of this past week, uh, DC comic book publisher Dan Dito, Dido, however you want to pronounce his name, is out. Some sources say it was a firing. Uh, this comes along with news that AT&T is ready and willing to shut down DC Comic Book Publishing if their new 5G editions uh, do not increase sales. Uh, do you know, Have you heard about these editions? Not really. Um, well, one of the reboot editions of their new 5G or G5, however they're calling it these days, is um, African-American Bruce Wayne. And Batman. Um, And plus um, some changes to races of some characters, uh, genders of some characters, um, some origin stories. um, Just trying to change things up, I guess. Mm -hmm. To get new eyes into comics. And if it does not succeed, AT&T, who now owns DC, uh, and... Warner Brothers, really, uh, is willing to shut down comic book publishing. Um, Ethan Van uh, Skither, an artist for DC, has added that this uh, will be, and I quote, these are his words, this will be, uh, with Dido out, this is the death of comic books. Because apparently he for was... For DC. For DC, this is, he was a a fighter, a proponent, a massive fan of comic books, uh, and knowing that he's out has scared a lot of DC publishers and artists that this will be the death of DC Comics because he was such a big fan, to be honest. Um, so this is kind of scary news for the DC world. Yeah, I I hate to hear that, man. Uh, I would like to think that the nerds will uprise and... Uh, send some some uh, angry feedback uh, in the event that that would happen, and maybe they will... Uh, I mean, they can't stop us case. all, nerds. So uh, I really hope that this is not the case. Oh, Lord, I hope not. Because um, I've really enjoyed... Uh, like They just created a new uh, sidekick for the Joker. Um, I cannot remember her name, but she is giving Harley a run for her money, and Harley oh, is jealous. Oh, that is part of the White Knight yes. uh, story. Yeah, okay. Yes, Harley is jealous. Yeah. Um, and this deceased stuff, like, I know Marvel did zombies first, but this DC stuff really saw sales increase. Um, I think it's like six out of the past eight months, DC has won comic book sales. And a lot of it is because some of these new storylines. And I completely am in full force behind this 5G reboot. I mean, I think that all nationalities, all cultures should have versions of these heroes that we've grown up to. Like, Bruce Wayne does not have to be white. He doesn't have to be. Yeah, he's he's not a real person. Yeah, he's not a real person. It's just like some of these James Bond Nazis, these 007 Nazi nerds. Like right. it being a woman, or these Doctor Who nerds that were pissed off that it's a woman. They're fake people. You know, it'd be different if someone had casted Mulan as white because Mulan is Asian and her story is driven by her culture. Yeah, exactly. 
these characters like Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent are not driven by their race. So, I'm all for this. I hope it's successful. I really do. Because I would hate to see DC or AT&T in general make a terrible decision like that. So, pretty big Disney news this week. Disney CEO Bob Iger, who has been the head honcho for quite a while now, mm-hmm. he stepped down as CEO, uh, effective immediately, and he is now serving as the executive chairman at Disney. Uh, this Apparently, I have a pretty trusted source uh, from a former teacher of mine uh, from Full Sail. He was talking about the fact that he was going, uh, Bob Iger was going to retire next year at 70 years old, mm. and he, he deserves it. And uh, in the process of transitioning to the new CEO, uh, Bob Chapek, or Chapek, I'm not really sure on the ex- exact way to pronounce his name, uh, he is helping with the transition for a year until he retires. So uh, It's the you, end Bob of an Iger. era then. Passing of a torch, end of an era, because Bob has been around since, Lord, we were kids or teenagers, he weren't was, we? It was 2005 when he, yeah, he, he we're was the Yeah, we were teenagers, man. Right. Almost 15 years. He was a big uh, supporter of all the Marvel stuff and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So uh, I'm not worried. I I think especially with him, uh, given his input over the next year and and helping with the transition, I think we'll be in good hands. And I'm not worried a bit. I'm I'm excited to see what's what's to come. Uh, Change of a regime is never a bad thing most of the time. Change is always good, uh, even though it's scary at some times. But uh, I'll be interested to see what comes out of this. If anything new, anything revolutionary comes out of the new CEO. Um, so, last piece of news: Macaulay Culkin, Kevin, uh, is joining the American Horror Story season ten. And I know you love horror, and I know you love scary things, JD. So I'm sure you're very excited about this. <laughs> I have not made it through one whole season of American mm. Horror Story. Dude, it's some of the best modern horror ever, and it's not even in theaters. It's on TV. Like normal cable, not even like HBO. Like this is some of the best horror writing we have seen in years. And, I mean, it's gone on for ten seasons for a reason. AHS is, is pretty successful. Um, and no, to know yeah. that Macaulay Culkin is going to be in one season is, is pretty exciting. This is uh, going to sound really mean, but I feel like it needs to be said. Macaulay Culkin kind of looks like an American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but have you seen the guy lately? I think it's only right, though, that um, this this American Horror Story uh, should take place in the house that he was left home alone in. Uh, it's only right for that to happen. And, like, each episode is different scary characters trying to break in. <laughs> and he's booby-trapping the house every episode. I mean, he's trapped in a world where he gets left home alone endlessly <laughs> it's every like, day. <laughs> and it's just Harry and Marv continuously trying to... And he has nope. to constantly fortify the house to fend off the criminals who want to burglar his house. One child stands alone for an eternity. The wet are back. <laughs> oh, oh. well, after that, that is the end of your nerd news. And also, happy 71st birthday to the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo!
Need a commercial? How about a promotional video for your upcoming event or production? Let the coolest cats in town take care of you. The professionals at Freddy Cat have the knowledge, ability, and experience to serve all of your visual marketing needs. They do feature films, documentaries, corporate videos, commercials, music videos, and weddings. You can reach Freddy Cat Productions at 423-231-2839 or at freddycatproductions.com. That's right, we are back. And it is time for us to on Iron Man, Tony Stark himself, yes. the billionaire, the playboy, the philanthropist, Iron Man. I love it. You know, the he hero was, uh, of the MCU. He really was the establisher, the godfather of the mm. MCU. I like it. Iron Man was um, co-created by the legend himself, Stan the Man Lee. And scripter Larry Lieber. And he was designed by Don Heck and Jack Kirby. Now, Iron Man debuted in 1963 in Tales of Suspense, number 39. Hmm. And then after that, he received his own title, Iron Man number 1, in 1968. He is a billionaire, a playboy, scientist, industrialist, genius, and, of course, lovingly snarky. Anthony Edward Stark, or Tony for short, uh, he received a severe chest wound while being kidnapped. While his captors' plans were to force him to create a weapon of mass destruction, Tony instead secretly built a mechanical suit of armor to help him escape. Later, Stark developed his suit, adding weapons and other technological devices he designed through his company, Stark Industries. He used the suit and successive versions to... uh, protect the world as Iron Man. And although at first he tried to conceal his true identity because he's famous, people know who he is, Stark eventually declared that he was, in fact, Iron Man in a public announcement. I am Iron Man. Throughout most of his history as a Marvel character, he has been an establishing member, though, of the famous group, The Avengers. Now, some background here on the origin. Stanley created Iron Man to toy with ideas of American technology and involvement during the Cold War. However, as years went by, he adapted in storylines as well as with technology. And he had a lot of, like, his origin was in Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. And so when the movie came out, they adapted that so that it was a little more contemporary and they based it in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. So it was relatable. Like, you know, it it made sense in the current time and was believable. Yeah. Which was smart. Now, Iron Man has had a few different voices to the character in the animated world. Uh, The main actor to the voice that most people would know is Mark Warden. Now, is that from the Iron Man animated series in the 90s? The one that's, like, similar to X-Men and Spider-Man and all that? Yes. Uh, And he also voiced it in Avengers Assemble. Okay. The animated series. Uh, and honestly, if there was a voiceover artist who came close to what RDJ did in the live action, it'd be him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, can, I think I know who he is. It's like I'm sort of remembering from the cartoon yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. A um, few others that have voiced him are Matt Mercer, Tom Kane, Adrian oh Pastor, uh, Eric Loomis. Mick Wingert, and a few other one-off one, one off voiceover it's actors. It's kind of amazing to know that 
Tom Kane voiced him. Tom Kane is the voice of Yoda in the animated Star Wars stuff. I know. It's wild, isn't it? Well, at least in the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That shows diversity in his voice talent, though. That's true. Very good. Very good. So, with with four words, we saw the birth of the MCU. I am Iron Man. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. was born to play this role. These were words that Stan Lee himself said. Yeah, absolutely. I saw Stan uh, live at, I can't remember which Comic-Con it was, but he was asked about his favorite uh, version of one of his characters from the movies. Like, which one was just your all-time favorite? And he said it was Robert Downey Jr. He said he was just absolutely perfect and i think that most people would agree he's just so entertaining mm-hmm. uh and going back and re-watching these movies made me feel like you know i'm really gonna miss tony in the you know the future of the mcu i don't want him to come back because as i've said so many times his story was just so perfect the way it is yeah um that i i don't want him to come back i want that to be it you know yeah i don't I mean, want to I mean, even that. down to uh, especially in the first one, the way he would talk to the robot that messed up all the time. Oh, dummy, yeah. Yeah, he's like, hey, dummy, over here, over here, over here. If, if, if you, you mess me up again, again. <laughs> if you spray me again when I'm not on fire, I'm donating you to the city college. <laughs> uh, you know, and he really brought a character to life uh, in a way that very few have. Uh, I know we've talked about live-action performances like Ryan Reynolds, Margot Robbie, Hugh Jackman, but RDJ really, you know, he brought it in a way that that's almost immortalizing it made him a legend i mean it did he was a pretty big deal before and you know he had uh, a rough period of time there mm-hmm. where he uh was he had some drug addictions and everything like that but coming back and playing iron man and just doing it so well it's i mean he'll be iconic for that absolutely and just to know that uh favreau took took a chance on him after all that stuff I mean, they took a chance on him uh, in the the shadows of his drug addiction and all that, and all the stuff, you know, going to jail and being in so much trouble. Them taking a chance on him being Tony Stark, you know, just goes to show that, you know, I've said it a few times about different celebrities that mistakes you make in the past do not dictate your future. Right. Because the futurist Mommy. himself, Tony Stark, uh, was was made so believable by Robert Downey Jr., not just in the direction he gave, but his look, his his, his performance, his, his tone, his everything. Uh, it was just beautifully done. Yeah, his whole, it was just like effortless for him. Like, he just made it look so easy. Yeah. And it, it, Tony was just always, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, he was just always at ease. He was always in control. He knew what to do. He was calm, like... I was watching last night at Iron Man 3 when he goes shopping and he's like building all of his weapons to invade the the bad guy's yeah. place without his suit and everything. He's just yeah. like walking around whistling, throwing stuff in his shopping cart. It's like, <laughs> man, I wish I could be that calm in a situation <laughs> like that or any time for that matter. Just, yeah. He's totally in control, knows what he's doing, confident, and, swagger. And it was such a build uh, for him alone they took such a uh they took a gamble not just casting him but giving him this long contract i mean we saw him in all three iron men avengers one through four 
Captain America Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming, the end credit scene of The Incredible Hulk, and he's going to be in Black Widow. Right. Since it's a, a precursor to Endgame. So, I mean, not just taking a chance on him to play Iron Man for Iron Man, but to be in all these other outlets kind of shows that he is, you know, the web that really was weaved to create this this Goliath of a franchise. Well, and I mean, and spoiler alert, but that's what makes his death so meaningful because he's been this established hero for so long. He's had this long story. We've we've grown to love him so much. And then when he sacrifices everything in Endgame, that made us feel it that much more. And that's why it needs to be left alone. And I know, you know, the Black Widow thing is before Endgame. It's pre-Endgame, mm-hmm. obviously. Post-Civil so, War. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with seeing him in that, you know, because that's unlikely to change anything about his story. Yeah. But anything other than that type of deal, no, no way for me, man. I, yeah. I think that uh, it should be left alone. Um, you know, and I think what's made uh, Tony a great character is kind of his entourage uh, that he's had um, and how he's interacted with them. You know, he's uh, he's had, of course, his love interest, Pepper Potts, um, which actually in the comics, uh, there was kind of a love triangle for a while. Right. Yeah. Be- between uh, him, Pepper, and... Uh, and Happy. Happy. Hogan, yeah. his own driver. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting about him is he saved him once when they met, and that's how Tony hires him to be his driver. Like, because he saved his life once. And I think that's, it's, it's kind of like, well, you did something for me, so I'm going to do something for you. He's always kind of that person. I love Sit. Happy. If you think about it, Happy has been a pretty big deal in the MCU as well. Like he's been pretty consistent because just mm-hmm. about any time there's Tony, there's Happy. You know, yeah. he's there, and he had a big part in the new Spider-Man and Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a big deal in that. So we've just really grown to love him as well, at least in the MCU. And uh, John Favreau does such a great job with Happy. Uh, he's got a lot of the comic relief, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, also this. You know, Tony needs Tony is someone who needs a lot of people to keep him, you know, grounded. on the straight and narrow and <laughs> grounded. And you know, Pepper has to do everything for him. Happy has to protect him and and do everything for him, drive him around, all that stuff. So I always felt like you know, Happy's around, Pepper's around. Tony's in good hands because yeah. when he's by himself, he's a little bit reckless. Well, and there's that moment. There's a few times uh, in the original trilogy where Pepper's talking to him. And he'll make little comments like, like when she he needed her her small hands to reach in and take out the old core. Uh, she's like, "Don't ever ask me to do anything like that again." And he said, "Well, I mean, you're all I have, so yeah, I'm going to have to. You know, I don't have anybody else to do it for me." Uh, and when they're dancing, she said, "You couldn't do anything without me. What's your social security number?" And he said, five. I've got the you for the other seven. You know." So, he's not totally blind to how much he needs them at the same time. Um, not at all. Of course, he's got his uh, virtual butler as well, Jarvis. Um, I always get uh, Paul Bettany, the voice of Jarvis, and um, Luna's dad, 
uh, and Harry Potter confused as actors. I always get those two mixed up. Because uh, they're very similar. Um, and they're both I British, so. I guess. So, um, Jarvis has always been, you know, that voice in his head. Uh, and then, of course, Jarvis, we know it, becomes the Vision. Which right. has been great to see also. And then, originally, Jarvis was a real-life person. Uh, Tony's yes. butler was, was, basically, it was like his Alfred, you know. Mm-hmm. Because he is so similar to Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, they, again, with updating to make it more contemporary... And with Tony being like, Tony is basically like Tesla or like Thomas Edison or something. He's this big revolutionary scientist. And it would only make sense for him to have the best technology and have his own AI system to run his house and his computers and be his assistant, you know? Yeah. So I, I did really like the the transition of Jarvis for the MCU. Absolutely. And then, of course, we also do see Jarvis, like the person or the character that Tony bases his Jarvis off of. Uh, he was the Stark, a uh, real life butler when Tony was a kid. Yeah. So we saw that in Agent Carter, and he did have a little moment in uh, Endgame when mm-hmm. Howard is is getting in the car, and he says, "Thank you, Jarvis." So yeah. that was a cool little moment. That was cool. That was very cool. And of course, you know his best friend, Rhodey, who also becomes War Machine, uh, and. The, the weird thing is you first see Rhodey uh, in Iron Man 1. He's played by Terrence Howard. Mm-hmm. But he did is you, apparently did, very tough to work with. Yeah, and did you know that Terrence Howard was the highest paid actor in Iron Man 1? I, I did read not that. know that. I read that uh, like yesterday, and I'm like, wait a minute. The highest paid actor even over RDJ <laughs> when he's playing Iron Man in the movie is called Iron Man? Terrence yeah. Howard makes more money than him? Yeah. And Something I, seems a little off with that equation, if you ask me. That alone would have been me saying, you know what? We'll find someone else. Well, I think that's what happened because I read that they tried to cut his pay for the next movie and yeah. he wasn't having it. But I bet you that Terrence Howard was pooping his pants when he found out how much money Don Cheadle made after Endgame happened. Oh yeah, number one movie of all time. If I you mean. just stick around and not be such a diva, you never know what'll happen. I mean, I guess people didn't know back then, you know, that after Iron Man one, as as great as it was, that it would turn into this big thing that it is now. So yeah, you know, and I think uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. Kevin Smith uh, has went on record saying that Iron Man one is the perfect movie, not just yeah. comic book movie, perfect movie. It's hard to find anything wrong with it, if you ask me. It really is. And, of course, he's also worked with Maria Hill, who we have grown to love in the MCU, played by Robin Shabatsky herself. Uh, your girl, Colby Smulders. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back, though, and watch uh, Avengers Assemble, uh, even watch, uh, I didn't talk about it in what you're watching, I watched a few episodes of that on Disney+. Plus. And uh, he and Maria do not have the exact same uh, relationship that they do in the MCU. Of they course. They dislike each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, she's played a little more hardcore in that animated series than she is. Uh, even though she's awesome in the MCU, she's played differently. Yeah, I know there's some storyline somewhere where Nick Fury is, of course, missing or presumed dead or something like he always is. And Maria takes over. Mm-hmm. As the as the director, so uh, 
we might see Maria in the MCU again in maybe a bigger role. I don't know. I hope so, because I really like her. Maybe so. as we get towards Secret Wars, possibly, which yeah. we hope they're I mean, going towards. I wonder, I assume Samuel Jackson will try to stay on as long as they will let him, because Samuel Jackson just loves to be in movies. I mean, let's be <laughs> real, you know. Hey, I'll I mean, be Star Wars if you give me a purple lightsaber. Let's go. Yeah, just, just so. I think he's alive, because I think I need my own Mace Windu storyline. I mean, I think I need oh, my own yeah. movie. I mean, uh, he just Plus, enjoys what he's come. doing. He just enjoys it. Uh, so why don't you talk about some of his enemies, though? I mean, he's not exactly got the most notable rogues gallery, if you will. Not like a Batman or a Spider-Man. But he definitely has some, some noteworthy enemies. Yeah, uh, several that I probably won't know a whole lot about, to be honest. Because I was never, until Robert Downey Jr., I was never a big Iron Man fan, to be honest. You know, yeah. I didn't know a lot about him. I, you know, I... Liked him okay, I guess, but I wasn't like a fan of Iron Man. He wasn't an A-lister. Exactly. Not to me, anyway. Yeah. So there's the uh, Advanced Idea Mechanics, or AIM, which is a splinter tech group of Hydra, and that whole deal was a big part of Iron Man 3. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What was the guy's name? Uh, Killian. Killian. Aldridge Killian. Yeah, he sort of created AIM, and we got to see that in Iron Man 3. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he's got some names like uh, Adam Smasher. Yeah, I don't know anything about that guy. Me neither. Black Knight. Mm-hmm. Which I think isn't Kit Harrington playing Black Knight in Eternals? Isn't that one of the characters in Eternals? Ooh, let me look it up. Again, to the Google. Uh, and of course we got Crimson Dynamo, which Crimson Dynamo and. Down near the end of this list is Whiplash. Isn't Crimson Dynamo and Whiplash kind of who they combined for the sequel? Yes. Okay, yes, Kit Harrington will be playing the Black Knight. So, yeah, I don't know anything about him. The Black Knight always triumphs. The Black Knight lives again. Yes. So, uh, moving on, you've got Ironmonger, who was Obadiah. Uh, played right. by Jeff Iron Bridges in Iron Man 1. Um, then you've got <laughs> Fang Fang Foom, which is like this otherworldly dragon. Yeah, he's a big dragon, basically. I'm pretty sure they hinted at Fang Fang Foom in Ragnarok. Was that not the creature? If you tell me, if you tell me the reference, then I'll... No, I'm pretty sure it was the dragon-like creature that uh, went after he took Surtur's head at the beginning... This massive dragon that looks like Fing Fang Foom attacked him, and I, th- he, I don't think so. I don't think that was him because Fing Fang Foom is like massive, a lot bigger than that, and he talks. Gotcha, gotcha. And then of course we've got Hydra, which is pretty much everyone's villain in the in the Marvel universe. They've went toe to toe with many a people in some form or fashion, um, which was started by Red Skull, correct? Yes. Hydra was like the science division of the Nazis. He uh, thought that there were gods and all that, and he just he was seen as a kook by the rest of the Nazis. Um, but then you get Justin Hammer, who I think is my favorite part about Iron Man Two. Oh yeah, he was he was so good. It was 
Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. He also recently played uh, a very well done version of uh, George Bush Jr. in uh, that movie with Christian Bale. Uh, yes, it was did, very. He's good. just a great character actor, uh, and and he's playing Fosse uh, for on that FX series right now, and he's fantastic, and he can dance like yeah, no he was other. In, he was in the Green Mile, dude. Yes, he was. He's he was also in the, Charlie's Angels, the first yep, one of our generation. That's right. He was. Uh, but he's definitely my favorite part about Iron Man 2. I don't know. I really liked Mickey Rourke, though. I mean, Rourke, was was, Rourke was really good. I want um, bird. I want, I want my, my bird. bird. Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, man. It'll be okay. I hear that uh, Mickey Rourke is a garbage person, though, in real life. I've heard that. Know. Somebody admit, said that. I've heard that um, there was a sequel movie to Desperado, Antonio Banderas. It was called Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Johnny Depp was in it, and right. so was Mickey Rourke. And Johnny Depp said that he was just a jerk, just in real life, just a jerk. I think I, I, think I heard Jim Ross talking about it because Mickey Rourke did a WWE thing a few years back. With The Wrestler, the movie The Wrestler. Uh, um, yeah, which is yeah. a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it really is a good movie. Um, we got Kang the Conqueror, who we talked about earlier. Um, it's more of an Avengers type storyline since he feuded with Tony. Uh, but some other names that we've seen, we've got Mandarin, uh, Modoc. He's even had a tussle with Norman Osborn himself. Uh, Radioactive Man, Spymaster, Taskmaster, and of course Ultron and Thanos. Now Ultron he created. But uh, the Mandarin is really, I think, considered one of his biggest villains, like one of his maybe his nemesis. Uh, Mandarin and the Ten Rings. Mandarin was like a uh, like a scientist, so he was like super brilliant mm-hmm. and uh, all that stuff. And he discovered these alien rings, the Ten Rings, that gave him all these mystical powers, and that's how he pretty much becomes the Mandarin. And I really love the Mandarin. In Iron Man Three, <laughs> the fake what Mandarin. We think is the Mandarin. What's his name? Trevor or something? He's an actor. My name's Trevor. I'm an actor. Uh, it's not real. It's, uh, who is it that that played him? Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. He was hilarious. He was so good. I loved that. And then when he was actually playing, like pretending to be the Mandarin, oh man, he was creepy. He's was so good. I Mr. love President. the scene. Where yeah, he's talking to the president on the on the video thing before he shoots that guy, and he's like. Uh, he's telling him, you know, buckle your seatbelt and all this stuff. And the guy playing the president is just terrified. He's shaken because the Mandarin is just so vile and evil and mm-hmm. intimidating. He did a great job. Now, I'm, we'll get sorry, to see ahead. the real Mandarin in Shang-Chi, correct? That's what I heard. So That's that'll be heard. interesting. So, the creation of Ultron, um, do you like that they made it Bruce and Tony as opposed to what it actually is, Hank and Tony? Hank Pym and Tony create Ultron. Uh, do you like it, that they made it Bruce before we even met Hank Pym and them, or would you like it to be the... I mean, if you go back and watch... Um, that series of episodes in Avengers Assemble where he and Hank Pym create Ultron. Um, now, 
a lot of it is done very well in the creation of Ultron in the MCU, but it just kind of felt weird seeing it now this way with Bruce and Tony accidentally creating Ultron. But I guess, you know, like I've told you, you know, difference is good. It's a a concept as opposed to like Nazi correct on everything. You know. I think it made sense because we care about the Avengers, and this is an Avengers movie, and mm-hmm. the Avengers creating Vision, you know, it all just sort of worked. Because we didn't really care about Hank Pym at that point because we didn't know him. We hadn't yeah. met him in the MCU. Uh, and I really liked them doing the retro type thing with Hank Pym. Like, he's, yeah. he was part of the, the early days of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I liked that. Now, Thanos, uh, he's never really went one-on-one, but... Obviously, he's an Avengers villain, um, which we got to see, you know, no pun intended, the end game of this first uh, series of, of MCU was Thanos. We were building towards Thanos, and right. uh, I think it was so well done. Um, not just the casting of Brolin, but the slow build up, how you always kind of something hinted towards Thanos at the end of most of every movie. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't have... A, who's... It's hard to say who's your favorite Iron Man villain because, like we've said, it's just not something we really grew up knowing his entire villain list or reading Iron Man. Uh, but out of the three movies... Who would you say, did you like AIM, Whiplash slash Crimson Dynamo, or uh, Obadiah? I think it would be the Mickey Rourke one. I I really liked Iron Man 2. I feel like, I was talking to you about this the other day. I feel like I hear people say they don't like Iron Man 2. And I think Iron Man 2 might be my favorite one. Really? Because I think so, to be honest, because... One of the biggest parts of Tony Stark's story is that he struggles with his addictions. Um, he, he's a big alcoholic, and it creates all sorts of problems for him. They didn't go into that a whole, whole lot in the second movie, but it mm-hmm. was still there. Uh, I think, I don't even know for sure, but when his big party scene happens and he has the fight with uh, Rhodey at the house during the party, did we actually see him drink alcohol, or was it just we see him drunk already? He's just already drunk, and he's holding a big bottle. Okay, so we never actually see him drink the alcohol. Mm-mm. I was thinking about that, like, man, this is a kid's movie, and he's having, like, this big wild party. I wonder if there was some backlash for that. Anyway, that's that's a totally another uh, different story. You know, you talked about his addictions. In Iron Man 3, his addiction is making the suits. His Yeah, his suits, that's the addiction. Yeah. And that's why... We'll talk about it in a minute, but I yeah. am totally... Uh, incorrectly remembered the ending of Iron Man 3. Did you? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk gotcha. about it. I, I wrote down a couple things here about Iron Man 2. Yeah, so why don't uh, we talk about this? We won't talk about all the Avengers, obviously. So let's just talk about a little bit here and there about the three movies. Right. Um, so Iron Man 1 uh, is the birth of the MCU, the birth of Tony Stark as a character for us in the live-action world. I think it was well done. Um, I think it had fantastic moments now knowing everything that that happens uh especially even in infinity war and endgame uh just little dialogue that just 
came back around. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I think it's my favorite of the Iron Man trilogy. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to really to pick between one and two. I'd love two for some reason, uh, but one is very special. I remember seeing it uh, for the first time. I actually saw it kind of late. I was scared I was going to miss it before it, it left theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I managed to, to catch it a couple months after it was out. And, I mean, little did we know at the time that it was going to turn into what it is now. The biggest movie franchise of all time, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe with the exception of Star Wars. Um, I just remember thinking like how perfect Robert Downey Jr. was, how exciting it was. Uh, you know, you think about Iron Man when you're younger and you think, oh, Iron Man's a guy in a big clunky suit uh, that shoots stuff out of his hand never really appealed to me. You know, I just never was a huge, huge fan for him. And that movie made me a fan. Much like Thor, I've never liked Thor at all. And I see the movie and now I, I love Thor. Mm-hmm. So they did a good job like making you care about characters even ones that you didn't expect that you would care about as much yeah the special effects were cool all the explosions and fight scenes and all that stuff was cool the was it the first movie when he had the deal where the fighter jets are chasing him and he has to that scene is so much fun he's trying to get away from the fighter jets they don't know that tony's in there and he's on the phone with roadie the whole time He's like, it's like, me. Okay, call your dudes. And then he, he hides under the plane, on the belly yeah. of the plane. It and, looks like yeah. a flea on a dog. So moving on to Iron Man 2. Um, you know you love the villain of Mickey Rourke. Uh, right. And we get the addition of John, Don Cheadle as Rhodes. Uh, we talked about that earlier, Terrence Howard. Uh, it just did not work out with him because he's a diva. And um, we get a little bit more evolution into Pepper Potts. Um he eventually signs the company over to her. Well, he thinks that he's dying. He thinks, you yeah. know, Palladium. as I said earlier, like I compare him to like a uh, Thomas Edison or somebody like that. He's this big revolutionary scientist who, mm-hmm. can, I mean, Albert Einstein, he can do anything. He knows everything. He's mm-hmm. one of the smartest guys in the world. And he can't figure out how to cure this. This It's like a poisoning from the arc reactor in his chest, right? Yeah, it's palladium poison. Because and it's so, the element he's using. So he signs the company over to Pepper, who's basically doing all the work anyway. Mm-hmm. And we meet Black Widow in that movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Coulson. I'd forgotten how much I loved Coulson. I miss I Coulson. I do too, and, dude. You know, I, I, as much as I love him, it's not enough to go back and watch the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. Oh, gosh. But, uh, I love him in the movies. He has this great line where they're trying to keep Tony hostage at the house until he can discover that element or whatever it was. And he's like, if you try to leave, I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool in the carpet. (laughs) And that made me laugh. I remember that. There's uh, also that moment uh, shortly after that where he does figure out the element. And he's like, I'm playing ball, Kelson. I'm being a team player. I'm saving my life. And he's like, you're going to stick around and have a party with me? He's like, no, I've got some... Some other pressing matters in New Mexico, and you know, and that ends up being Thor. Uh, but also, just Coulson's involvement also is a—he's in every one leading up to everything, the formation of the Avengers, mm-hmm. and that's something that these Iron Man movies show really well as well. Is how just intricate, just the little detail of Coulson being there is a big know, deal. 
do you know the theory there's a moment um towards the end when they're at the expo and everything mm-hmm. by the way speaking of the stark expo how much like walt disney is oh my gosh. howard stark now do you know why they named him howard uh-uh. so they named howard after howard hughes because the original sort of basis for the look of tony was based off of howard hughes and he was like this uh famous american uh businessman and yeah. engineer and, and he was in the film industry and all that stuff so uh tony's based off of off of him and then uh so they named tony's father howard because of that so a little nod to him yeah but That's he reminded cool. me so much of walt disney like uh makes me think of walt doing the thing with ebcott like this is the civil uh, city of the future and and all that stuff well the ball in the center of the the expo it, it's it's like the Epcot ball, right? As so, every time I I watch that movie and I see those scenes, I'm just like, how Disney can you really get? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but anyway, backing up, they're they're having that big battle at the end uh, at the expo, and there's a kid wearing mm-hmm. an Iron Man mask, and he stands in front of the drones like he's gonna fight him, and then Tony lands next to him, shoots the drone, he says, "Good work, kid." He flies off. There's this theory out there that that kid was Peter Parker. I have heard this theory. And I think I had seen somewhere where like somebody confirmed it or whatever, but you know, internet, so who knows. But that's that's cool and everything, but why not bring that up at some point in the future? If they want to go with that, why not in one of the Spider-Man movies or like in Far From Home when Peter's like mourning Tony? Why isn't he telling his friend Ned or somebody like, yeah, when I was a kid, this thing happened with... With yeah. Iron Man and all that, and maybe we see that for a minute and have that yeah. big reveal, like, "Oh wow, I remember that." Why not do something like that rather than, "Oh yeah, it's like a little Easter egg" when you don't even see the kid's face and there's no mention of it again in the future. Yeah, which is kind of like the J.K. Rowling thing, where she just adds stuff after the fact. Says, "Oh yeah, so this is what I really meant." Well, then well, say yeah. that or do something. I mean, like we've that. talked about that in the aspects of those YouTube clickbait channels, where like they'll say. The Russos finally explain why in Infinity War, Wanda had less of an accent. Like, why do we need that now? And since we're on the topic of, of that, I'll say this just to so it's on record, okay? Because, again, I get such a hard time about, oh, I'm a suit and all that stuff. My one complaint about the... My big complaint with the new Star Wars trilogy is the fact that there were still little bits and pieces that they had to answer for after the fact because they made mistakes. They they didn't answer like the thing that bothered me so much about how Roz had Luke's lightsaber and she said it's a story mm. for another time and that time never came. And I, I get the fact that they have this whole big expanded universe. They have comics. They have all these other things that they want people to be drawn to, and I get that. But this is the movie. Like, this is the main source. This is what the m- most of your audience will see. Mm-hmm. And this is something you included in the movie, and you don't tie it up later. Agreed. To me, that's that's irksome. Absolutely. But that's not enough for me to say that those movies were so terrible and I hated them or whatever. That's something they failed at. And I'm on record saying it because I don't want to sound like a hypocrite for complaining about that with Harry Potter and no, I gotcha. and Marvel and all that. So, understandable. I'll be fair, Logan. I, Logan, I hope you're happy. 
<laughs> um, That's your one mention for this episode. I do agree with you that later on, um, maybe even if it was something small as in Civil War, uh, Aunt May said something like, Iron Man saved Peter one time at an, at the expo. Like, even something as small or, as like that. Yeah, or like in, was it Civil War where he was sitting on the couch? Uh at the apartment, Peter walks in and he's sitting there talking to Aunt May. Yeah. Was that Civil War or was that? Yeah, okay. like even him goes, he even him, you know, he could have said like, you saved me once. Yeah, or like if Aunt May knew about it, she could have said something about it. Like, yeah. They, so. That's what they could have been talking about. When he walked into the apartment, it could have been the edge of a conversation. Even something like that. Yeah. You know. It's definitely a, a ball that they dropped there. If that is, if that is a confirmed theory, whether it was Feige that confirmed it, or even if it's a theory, you know, answer it or don't answer it, or say it wasn't him. Um, just something would have been nice. Well, I guess to most people it doesn't matter because most people see the movie and don't remember that that kid ever existed and didn't hear that anybody ever even said that. So Yeah. Yeah, all absolutely. That, you know, that's probably the simple answer to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, Iron Man... Two, we also got to see the beginnings of his um, dealings with the government, kind of. You know, because at the beginning he's in that court proceeding and that jerk oh, yeah. senator who ends up being a Hydra member in the long right. run uh, is right. just trying to take his suits from him. Uh, and that kind of also already paved the way for, like, Civil War. You know, he, he got involved with the government in some form or fashion early on. But at this well, point, he's against them. As much of a tool as Tony can be sometimes, he has a heart, okay? And that's what it takes to change him or to get reaction from him or whatever is like it has to be something involving people, someone he loves or, mm -hmm. you know, somebody in need. That woman who comes to him in Civil War and says, you know, my son died because of, you know, the, the mayhem of, of the Avengers and all this stuff. Yeah. That changes him, and that's mm -hmm. why he's like, all right, we're going to get right with the government. Yeah. Uh, and that's one thing you can say about Tony is, is he has a heart, which is ironic because... Proof that he has a heart, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So Iron Man 3, uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier with uh, AIM and uh, Aldrich Killian. Um, what were your thoughts about this one? Guy Pierce plays Aldrich Killian. Has Guy Pierce ever not been like the creepy just, bad guy? Yeah, I don't everything. Think so. He's like the the bad guy that you really, really hate and want to punch in the face. He does such a good job. And you just that. don't want to be left alone in a room with him. One of my favorite non nerdy movies is this movie called Lawless with uh, Tom Hardy and Shia LaBeouf in it. Oh like yeah, 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 yeah. Guys that in North Carolina that sold moonshine and stuff yeah. during Prohibition. He's in that. And he is like the slimiest, like worst tool bag He's bad just guy. He's a sleaze, man. Oh, He's... exactly. And so he could, in part. real life, he could be the sweetest human being. <laughs> but I'm sure, he is. That's his part. I mean, that's his character. We said earlier, like in this movie, we see Tony's addiction problem. Now it's like his suits. He's. He's, it makes sense that he is a little distracted because he's had his whole ordeal in New York where he went through the portal and he saw another dimension. He saw aliens and he's just met Thor and there's gods and all this stuff. His world's been turned upside down and he's mm -hmm. having all this anxiety about it. 
So what does he do to, you know, try to distract himself? He creates suits. Like you know, 30 do you remember, of them. Do you remember back in the day when we used to play the wrestling games and you could create your own wrestlers? We would spend hours creating these fully, you Developed. know. All these details we would put into their appearances and their moves and their entrances and all this stuff. We had well, I mean, we had our own organization, dude, with its Absolutely. own pay-per-views. <laughs> That's what Tony does with yeah. these suits. Like, I'll try one that has this ability and one that mm-hmm. has this feature. And, you know, we get to the point where he's at Mark 42, and then there's yeah. a whole army of suits we see in the end, which yeah. was really fun. I liked that uh, that ending scene when all the the suits are flying around fighting for him, and he doesn't even have to be in them. That's so cool. And he does this jumping from suit to suit as he's falling. Right. Like one suit will zoom in and save him, and then he'll jump to another one, and it's, it's it was really cool. Uh, and I've been waiting to say this. Now, you know the little lackey, extremist, bald guy that's working for Aldrich. Yeah. You know what else is in? I feel like I've seen him before, but I can't. I can't figure it out. You haven't seen him in this. He's in season seven of Supernatural. Oh, good lord. Which episode? Two, Ola. three? Uh, I think he lasts till close to the season finale. He plays a pretty... He plays one of the main Leviathan. So, that's where I uh, remembered him from. Well, I didn't see him in that, that's for sure. Cause I, uh, <laughs> he I've does look s- familiar, though. He's been in something else that we both have watched together. Another cool thing about this movie, Tennessee represent. He mm-hmm. spent some time in Tennessee... Uh, we're meant to believe that it's the Chattanooga area, I yeah. guess, because he went to like the Chattanooga, Miss Chattanooga yes. beauty pageant yes. or something. Yes, yes, yes. I got a little confused watching that because, you know, we're not too far from Chattanooga. We've spent a lot of time in Chattanooga. I think somebody got confused in their depiction of the area because people were walking around in cowboy hats. And- um, That's where he meets the kid. Harley. Harley, and not Harley Quinn. <laughs> Harley, uh, who we see again in Endgame, uh, much older. Grown up. Apparently, this guy has three movie deals, so we could see him again in the future, possibly. Not sure. We could just see him in something as small as a Spider-Man movie. Something on Disney Plus, maybe. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that was his second movie, and and it is established, it is confirmed he has a three movie deal. So we don't know. That's the cool thing is he's dangling out there in the universe going to be used again and we just don't know. Uh, and I think that goes to the brilliance of Feige and this franchise he's built. Um, but I think one of my favorite parts of Iron Man 3 is you know Pepper gets uh, injected with the extremist stuff. Right. And you think she's going to die but she goes on this butt-kicking tirade. Yeah. And that was really cool to see. I love when Pepper steps up and, and has those moments. And, like, when she shows up as rescue and in-game mm-hmm. and everything, love loved Pepper. Absolutely. And, hey, also, uh, Iron Man 3, shout-out to local legend Dale Dickey. Uh, Dale Dickey plays the lady that Tony meets in the bar. Her son was the soldier who yes. was part of Extremists and blew up. And she's like, oh, here's your files. Now go or whatever. Uh, that's Dale Dickey. She is from Knoxville. Mm-hmm. She's done a lot of a lot of stuff. She's been in, like, uh, 
she was in Breaking Bad and she was in a movie with Jennifer Lawrence and uh, she did a movie with Emma Watson, uh, lots of stuff. And she does a lot of local theater. My friend Micah Shane has done some shows with her at uh, Clarence Brown at UT and I've seen her uh, there at a few things. So uh, she's local legend. So yeah, uh, again, Tennessee represent. But I think that uh, it was a great trilogy. Um, I think one is the best. Uh, Iron Man's a fantastic character. It's been great to see him in the live-action world. And also sad to see him gone. Yeah, but what a perfect story and what a perfect ending for the the godfather of the MCU, as I'm calling him. I like that. I think we'll stick with that. Uh, so, other than that, um, I think I'm about spent on the Man of Iron himself. Um, next week, we are going to be talking about a very uh, important subject to us. Uh, I am calling it La Femme de Nerd. <laughs> the, women, the Ladies of Nerd? The Ladies of Nerd. Uh, because it cannot be forgotten that the Nerdiverse as some people call it, has brought us some of the greatest um, female heroes and villains of all time. They cannot go forgotten because they have massive impacts on us as a culture uh, and as community. Um, my fav- my mom's favorite superhero of all time still is Wonder Woman. Right. Um, and I think that there are sometimes in our culture they go forgotten. And they go on the back burner. And they definitely don't deserve that. They have had just as many, if not more, awesome moments than some of the guys in superhero world. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, if you have any questions or uh, theories about Iron Man or um, you know, questions about females in the nerd world, uh, send them our way. Uh, also, do not forget your March Madness bracket. By the time we talk next week, it, the deadline will have been here. March first, all brackets are due, um, and That'd even exciting, the, even though we've I'm, gotten a lot, I don't care. I'll keep working on them. Send them in. We want as many opinions as possible. Uh, and and with March being next month, dude, we're getting closer to WrestleMania. I'm oh, very excited. I'm counting down the days, man. I know, dude. It's gonna be great. We're so exciting. Have a, a wrestling spectacular episode. Yes. Come April, so be on the lookout for that, wrestling fans. And we will give you some live updates from WrestleMania when mm-hmm. the time comes. Absolutely, so we will be. It's going to be a lot we of fun. We will be tweeting live uh, and Facebooking live uh, from the 30 and Nerdy uh, platforms. So please stay tuned. Uh, and again, if you are going, please let us know. We want to meet you. Uh, we want to take pictures with you. Uh, it's a spectacular event. It's the show of shows, the showcase of the immortals, the grandest stage of them all. WrestleMania. So please, let us know. And thank you to all of our Patreon supporters and everyone who listens week in and week out. Uh, shout out to Next Wave and Pod Nation uh, and all of our friends that are part of that group. Uh, JD, uh, it's been another great conversation with you. As always. I miss you, brother. And I uh, can't wait to talk about the women of nerddom with you next week. It's going to be great, and I will see you then, and we will catch you nerds later.
You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a Next Wave podcast and a Bad Cast Company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.